Hey, Damon, how's it going? It is your brother, Devin. So, um, your last podcast was really awesome. I love the Just Do It philosophy and uh, your reason behind it and uh, how um, your perspective on it and things like that. That was really interesting to hear. Um, I would like you, if you could, um, explain um, your childhood mentality um, that you kind of... Um, you kind of uh, mentioned it, but didn't really go into depth about it um, on your decisions and your growth and the things that um, you've gone through. And with that um, childlike focus about um, doing things and nothing else on outside influences and things of that nature, um, I'm interested to hear on um, that topic. Um, love your work. Can't wait for the next one. Hey. What's up, everybody? Damien here with another podcast. This is episode four. You heard that message there uh, that I played right there in the beginning. Uh, that was my brother, Devin, leaving a voice message um, with what he would like me to talk about. And I will do just that. I think that it's a good topic to cover. So, Devin, thank you very much. Anybody that wants to leave a voice message, listen to this podcast on Anchor if you are not already. It is a free app. Go in there, record a voice message. They let you uh, talk for up to a minute, uh, and then you can send that over to me. I will get a notification, and if the topic is dope, then I will certainly cover it. I don't have a problem covering it. I love when you guys send stuff like that. If you don't want to do the voice message, uh, if you don't want to be featured on the podcast, that is fine. You can reach me at Instagram um, or Facebook, and you can uh, interact with me there. And if you want to talk about anything or if you want me to talk about anything, you can leave a suggestion there either in comments on my post or drop down in the DM. It all goes down in the DM, if not on the voice message. So, Devin, thank you very much for the suggestion. I think it's a good thing to cover, so I'm going to go ahead and cover it right now. So what was my childhood mentality and how did I block out external influence, um, which, I, I, which basically is peer pressure. How did I not adhere to peer pressure uh, for the most part and stay uh, on the course, whatever that was. So I was not always uh, the kid that had the positive mindset. It was not always like that. I mean... I would like to say that I was because I was always looking, you know, to not be in negative situations and I was always trying to steer away from negative situations. However, when I when I was presented with a situation that was negative, I did not always respond uh, in a positive manner and I didn't always see the silver lining. It actually took years and years and years of practicing to have a positive perspective on things, um, and I can get into 50 million different things, but I, I wasn't always um, super positive in my approach uh, whenever I was whenever I was approached with any type of adversity or anything like that. That took years of, you know, the ins and outs and the goods and bads and the ups and downs. Um, I had to go through a lot to eventually train myself to understand that if it doesn't kill me, um, it's really not that bad. And so I was not always uh, positive first to say. Um, we can coin that phrase. I wasn't positive first. I was definitely uh, woe is me, why me, um, I'm a good person, I don't do anything bad to anybody, why is this stuff happening to me? And so... Again, I had to train that mentality. I started off actually 
I was shy when I was young. I was very, very shy. Right now, I could walk up and I could talk to any soul and I could really not care. Um, I want to know everybody. I want to get to know everybody. I want to know different diversities and different cultures and things like that. And I wasn't always like that. I started off incredibly shy. I was a loner. I, w- I didn't want to play with anybody. I just wanted to stay by myself. I didn't want to talk to anybody. It was very, very hard for me to not only get friends, but to keep them because I, I didn't want to join sports and I, I didn't want to join clubs and I, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do anything. Um, and I was always anxious too. I don't even know why. I didn't know why. I didn't have anything as far as I know to be anxious about, but I always just, I was always on edge or uncomfortable um, anywhere outside of my own room. And so that I, I can't really tell you how long that lasted. I would like to say probably up until the point I joined, my, my mom put me in a sport, if you can even call it a sport, it was t-ball, but I'll get into that later. Um, but before all of that, I was, I was quite shy. I didn't go up to anybody. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to go to the store with my mom. She would try to get me to order my own food at like McDonald's or something. And I just refuse, I just would hide behind her leg. And I know most kids do that, but I was, I was quite older, um, at this moment when, when these things were happening and I should have been out of that shell at least a little bit. And I just wasn't. And so I was, I didn't always start positive and it kind of has to tie in, in my belief to the way that I grew up and not like from childhood to adulthood, but maybe in the beginning of the childhood, the way that I was brought up um, was quite interesting. And so I I did not have a father figure. Father passed away when I was three years old, so I didn't get to know him very well. I have very, very few memories. I have about three memories um, of him when he was alive that are clear as day to me. Uh, Two good, one not so much. And... It's crazy to even think, as a side note, um, I'll get back on topic here in just a second, but as a side note, to be three years old and to have, you know, very, very clear memories at that age, uh, and to be able to remember them now here at 31 years old, I think is quite incredible. I don't know if there's like a science behind that, if that's even supposed to be a possibility, but it's a possibility for me. I know most people don't remember anything pre-five years old. Um, but I remember that clear as day. And what's funny, I can't tell you anything from when I was four years old. I don't know anything from when I was five years old. But from six years old and years old, six years old and on, I remember just about everything. Uh, but so I grew up without a father, um, and we lived in a rough neighborhood. I know when my father passed away, we moved down to Bradenton. Uh, we moved into an apartment complex, and I just remember it was it was quite the rough neighborhood. However, I did go to a, a pretty good school, but I I we grew up in a rough neighborhood. I got picked on quite a bit, um, probably because I was shy. It made me an easy target. Um, I was not an alpha by any means. I was I was skin and bones, um, and I'd be skinnier than that if I didn't have bones. I was very very skinny, and. Uh, yeah, so I grew up in a rough neighborhood. I got picked on, got beat up a lot, got ugh, just all kinds of hazing was done, um, both in the neighborhood and in the school. Even though the school, I mean, had a good rating, uh, you still have pieces of crap that go to school and pick on people, um, you know, so people can feel quite above themselves. And so I got picked on a lot, and my mother remarried, and my stepfather was 
not a saint. He was a horrible, horrible man. And he did not help with my anxiety. He did not help with my shyness. And he he certainly made me quite the angry person, if I could be honest. And uh, another podcast of me going through high school, if you want to know what my high school life is like, that's a podcast in and of itself. And I credit a lot of my anger issues at the time when I, I guess most teenagers have anger problems, right? When you think that you're grown and you're freaking not. But, um, so my, my mentality did not start off positive. I, I had a lot of adversities and challenges and obstacles growing up and I, I didn't handle them that well being young and not knowing what the alternative response was because the only person who could have taught me was my mother and she had to work like three jobs to support us with my, you know, with my father passing away up until the time she met, you know, her new husband who was garbage too. So she was basically doing the same thing even while he was around because he was trash. But, and so that put me in a a mentality where I was always on the defense. I was never trying to go out and do anything. I was never trying to amount to anything there in the beginning of my very, and I'm talking like under 10 years old. I'm not even talking about my teenage years yet. This is all pre, pre pre-teen basically. And so my mindset was always on defense. I was never trying to become anything positive or just to become anything at all. I just wanted to stay in my room. I wanted to play Mario Brothers and watch Land Before Time and Power Rangers and Gargoyles and SWAT Cats and just all that type of stuff. My escape and my positivity or entertainment came from the cartoons I was watching or the video games I was playing, which was you know Mario or Spyro and things like that, uh, Spyro the Dragon or whatever. And so I was always on the defense and it wasn't until I would say I reached about seventh grade, I still went to a not so good school, Um, but it was the first time I was exposed to shop class um, where we would do carpentry. and I built like a birdhouse and I built an Adirondack chair and to build an Adirondack chair, um, in seventh grade is quite the feat. If you don't know what that is, you know, freaking Google. Like I said in the other podcast, Google is your friend. And so I built a lot of stuff in there and I let it, first of all, it showed me a talent, um, that I had that came quite naturally that I never would have discovered by myself. And then it also kind of broke me into interacting with people. At first I was shy. Of course, I didn't want to talk to the teacher. I never raised my hand, never participated. I didn't know how to measure. I didn't want anybody to know. And you know, I thankfully had a good teacher who broke those walls down and broke those insecurities down and just told me that it was okay to have those things, that literally every person on the planet has several insecurities um, that they struggle with even up until the day that they die. And so it started to shift me into a mindset where I don't have to be embarrassed about things that I don't know, because if you don't know them, then that's that's the only fact that there is, is that you don't know them. And that's neither a good thing and that's neither a bad thing. It's just a thing. And the way you decide to look at it is what you determine is good or bad. And so if you choose to look at it positive, that's, a, that's all it's ever going to be. And ever since those moments, it, it started chipping away at having the mindset that I should always be on offense. That I should always control the weight that I think. And I should never be influenced externally um, especially in a negative way, but I can be influenced in a positive way. And then I can also choose to let negative influences become 
positive influences based on the way that I choose to look at those things. And so I started very young. I didn't know then it was going it was going to be this theme of, you know, perspective. I didn't know that. I was too young to even care to have a philosophy or even to think about what philosophy does and if it ever affects people or should or could or anything like that. I was just too young. But I always feel like I had this self-awareness about me. The difference between, you know, as I was getting over getting over, getting older, damn it, um, versus when I was younger is as I started to become more aware of what it was and I started to become more aware of that I should act on these positive thoughts and going on offense and, and, and controlling the way that I see things, not as a victim, but maybe see these things as lessons. And so even then as a young, a young kid, Although I didn't spend a lot of time with other people, I was very aware of what my shortcomings were. Just never knew how to act upon those things, um, and so uh, I was. I, it was a good moment in my life to come across a teacher that was going to teach those things to me and, and introduce me to that type of philosophy and explain it to a way that I could really have that conversation with myself and uh, you know make a choice to do something about that. So even then, I I was never influenced externally. So I never came up to a group and wanted to act like them so that they would accept me and so that I could fit in and have friends. I never changed my attitude. I never changed the way that I dressed. I never changed the way that I talked. I didn't need validation from anyone who was popular or anybody who was upset and was trying to rally against the initiative or the, oh man, what do they call it, the establishment. The establishment, sorry, I'm burping here. My whiskey and gingers, it's coming, coming back up, god dang it. And so, um, I never let anything externally um, influence me in terms of my character. I was always comfortable being who I am, even if I wasn't accepted by other people, and I really felt no need to talk to anybody, you know. So, I, I sometimes I wonder, like, was I shy? Or did I just not need the attention from other people? You know what I mean? Like I was never, I never felt lonely. I never felt sad because I didn't have, you know, friendships or relationships or anything like that. I was, I was content with, you know, hanging out with my brother and I was waiting for my mom to come home. And that was literally enough for me. Uh, So I always think about that. I wonder if it was like, was I shy or was I just okay in my own company? Uh, still to be uh, <laughs> figured out, but what I was, because I, when I say I wasn't inspired externally, that's half true, right? So I, I wasn't in, inspired externally in terms of my character by other people. So I guess what I'm saying is, is I didn't need validation to be okay with who I was at that time, but I was inspired externally by my observation of how and my self-awareness of how things uh, and words and places and smells and sounds and so on affected me emotionally. So anybody who knows me now and has known me for quite some time knows that I'm, I'm quite the emotional person, right? So when I, when I feel an emotion, I, I feel it 100%. I don't kind of feel it. I don't ignore it. I'm all in. So when I'm mad, I'm mad, mad. I'm, I control it a hell of a lot better now anybody who knew me beginning who anybody who knew high school damien knows that that was not the case at the time <laughs> so 
Uh, four Horsemen can, uh, can attest to that. If you don't know who the Four Horsemen is, you ain't close enough to me. And that's for real. Fire. Anyways, so I'm, emo- I'm an emotional guy. And so when I feel things, I feel them. And I put myself in certain scenarios because I wanted to know what it, what it felt like. I, back in the day, I didn't know why I was doing something like that. But I felt that it was important. I like the fact that I can be compassionate with somebody. And I think one thing that started that off is when I got bullied one time. I got the crap beat out of me for like my lunch money. And they took my paper, my pencils, just a bunch of bullies. And this was back in that uh, this was back in that apartment complex that we grew up in when we first moved down to Bradenton after leaving Orlando. And I saw this other kid. Uh, his, his name was also um, Damien Gilbert, actually. I wonder what he's doing nowadays. I should try to find him on Facebook or some shit. But I remember walking through the complex and I see Damian Gilbert and he's getting beat up and he's getting bullied by the same kids that bullied me. And the first thing that entered my mind, of course, I was angry and I wanted to come and help. And so I went and I I helped. I had them back off. They weren't going to fight us both for whatever reason. They certainly could have. There was four of them. Uh, but they just chose to make in front of me and, and make in front of him and, you know, call us, you know, I'm sorry for anybody who gets offended by this, but they called us faggots. And I don't like to say that word because I don't believe in it, but a very derogatory term for the gay community. And they called us that because I went to his rescue and I I had never met him before that. He became my friend after, I mean, for obvious reasons, but I never met him before that, but I felt compassionate because... I had empathy, and at that time, I didn't know empathy was was the word for what I was feeling. I didn't know compassionate was the word. I just felt something when I saw it, and I could not just do what most people do. I could not just walk into my house and and forget about it the moment I closed the door, and it never entered my mind as if I never saw it. I don't have that bone in my body. It would have bothered me for the rest of the night. I would have felt crazy, negatively emotional about my choice. And guilty, and there was no way I could walk away from it. And so, no matter what the outcome was going to be, I had to get involved and stand up for him. And so I did. And feeling what that emotion was after the bad part was over, like being terrified and dang near pissing in my pants, thinking I was going to get beat up by four guys, let alone the original two, I felt high on life. I felt so good after doing that, seeing how grateful he was and how we were boys and, you know, you know, boys will be boys. We're not supposed to be crying and stuff, but we cried out of the fact that we appreciated that we would do that for one another. And I wanted to feel that feeling until the day that I die. And I still feel that way. And so I was inspired by that. And then when I also would go, I remember when I would go fishing and how fun fishing was and the emotion that I felt when I was there, when I would have that like anxiety, but like a positive anxiety, like I was really anticipating the bending of the rod when a fish grabbed the hook and took off, you know, ate the bait and just made a run for it. And that rod would bend and I would hear the line stretch and I would hear the drag clicking on the reel and all of those sounds and that feeling and that energy just made me feel like I was on top of the world. I remember how that made me feel. And it was like, man, I really like 
I really like activity. And so that got me into wanting to hike all the time. And it got me into wanting to go swimming all the time. And I just wanted to experience all these things. And then food. I just started to I just started paying attention. I just started observing things. Every time I ate pizza versus every time I ate wet spinach before I actually liked spinach. The the emotions I got from either one were different and I just would think about those things. Like why does this there's one I mean I get not liking something, but for it to change your mood and for it to change your emotion and then I eat this pizza and yes, I'm 31 years old and I'll eat pizza every freaking day cuz it's delicious. And so I would eat that and then my mood would just be ecstatic. I'd feel like I'm on top of the world. And so I would just start putting myself in different scenarios, eating different things, saying different things, listening to different music, going different places, doing different activities. And I just wanted to see how it would affect me emotionally and then who and what I would be after that experience versus before that experience. And at a young age, I was doing that. And once I saw that I myself made the choice to do those things. I wasn't talked to by anybody to do that. Nobody recommended anything. I did all of that stuff just by myself. And once I felt that I had that control and I felt it firsthand, I immediately knew that I didn't need anybody's validation to determine what I was or wasn't going to do, feel, go, and experience And so my mentality started to change very strongly into positive outlooks and doing things by myself and only needing self-validation. It started around that time. And then also simultaneously, I would say, because I actually wasn't very much older at that time, my mom signs me and my brother up for the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, Most of them are closing nowadays, which is quite unfortunate. Got these people out here doing drugs because you're closing all of their programs. Just fun fact, don't do that shit. Uh, (laughs) But I don't want to get sidetracked on that because I could go all day. And so I'm going to yell at my dog real quick because she keeps freaking chewing on her feet and she's not supposed to. Kylie! Damn it! Love you. Anyways, and so uh, she signed us up for the Boys and Girls Club and they had T-Ball. And this is what I said was not actually a sport. But let me tell you something. At the time, I was all time. And it was a sport to me. Home run champion. What? Get it. And so when I played t-ball, something that I started to become self-aware about is I I used to cry when we lost. If I got out, whether it be because I thought I hit a home run and then somebody jumped the freaking fence and caught it midair. Or... I I hit a midfielder and was not running fast enough to get to first or second base and I slid in and was out by like a split second difference in speed. I did not get to the base before they were able to touch me with the glove. I would cry after that. And I know a lot of people are like, yeah, when you're young, like people cry. Like That's what happens. You don't get what you want. You cry. For me, it wasn't a get what I want thing as the reason I was crying. What I would What I would understand is... I would hear all of the cheers and stuff and how excited the team got because I, I knew how much the team wanted to win. And for me, whether it was playing video games, whether it was playing tag, my goal was never to win. And that's why I was probably not the greatest teammate on like team team sports where everybody had to work together like in unison in some way, shape or form. It's probably I was never really good at sports because 
I just like the entertainment of sports. I don't care really about the win. It feels good for a split second, but my philosophy is you don't learn anything from the wins. The only thing you learn is that on that day, you played better than the other team. But that's it. You only learn that that day you were better than the other team. And so for me, winning, while it felt good for that split moment, it wasn't the reason I played. And here's something that's going to make you feel weird. I liked to play, and I was okay and almost wanted to lose. Uh, And I'll explain that in just a second. But I knew in those moments that the reason that I cried when those things happened is because I wasn't selfish enough in the game to care whether or not we won. I was selfless enough. I wanted the win because everybody else that cared about that was counting on me. If those were the scenarios that were we in, like if if I needed to get the score or if I needed to strike somebody out, like if if the if the win came down to me doing it or not doing it, you know, that's what I thought about. And even if it didn't, right? I just know that my part played a role in whether or not we we did win, whether it was whatever the role was. And so I would I would feel bad because at that even at that age, I wanted and was okay with being accountable to others. I wanted to give and in that way the only way that I could do that was to do good in the game, to hit a home run, to not get out. And even if the out didn't hurt us, it still hurt me because it just means it's one thing less that I did for the team. It was always about me thinking about the unit, and I've always been that way. I've never been selfish. And even the times that I've been selfish, I've been selfish in something that still benefits other people. And I, to me, that's being selfish. What's something that I selfishly want is to help other people because I get a high out of helping other people. And I get, I get, I get a, what's it called? Admiration. I guess I like admiration. And that's the selfish thing that I want. I want admiration for, for doing good for people because for me, doing good for people is the high. And that's what I want. And so I felt accountable to others even at that age. And so I cried when I, when I, when I didn't do good enough to deliver the value to the people who needed it more than me. Because like I said, I didn't need the win. They wanted the win. And they needed it and wanted it more than I did. And I took, I carried the weight myself. And I know that that was my choice. But it's crazy at a young age to, to think that way. I just wasn't able to dissect the philosophy like I'm doing now at that young age because I was so freaking young. But that's what I was doing. And so moving forward, for me, I think winning is bad. And losing is good because for me in the in the wins you don't there isn't anything that you learn you get a good experience and you have fun when the when the scoreboard is in your favor and when the bell goes off and you're on top like that feels good but you don't learn anything in my opinion there's no knowledge there's no lesson but when you lose there's a lot of lessons to be learned in several different categories. No matter the circumstance, there's a lot of things that you can pick apart that can build you better in the future so you can have those wins, right? And I love losing because there's knowledge there and there's lessons there and there's a better experience there in my opinion. And that's what I've been putting myself through since I was 
young. I want the best experience possible. I want to learn the most because it does two things. It, it pushes me forward in life, just in general life, living my life until the day I die. And it allows me to participate in my own self-discovery and have control over my self-discovery and the loss because it's up to you how you respond to those losses, right? And so when your selfishness and your selflessness isn't balanced, that is when winning is bad and, and losing is good. But they can both be equally beneficial. But if your selflessness and your selfishness isn't balanced, that's never going to happen. And so, and that's another podcast in itself, being selfish and being selfless and how they can coexist and how they should. And that's where true happiness lies is in the balance of those two things. That is another podcast in and of itself. And so I'm always evolving my state of mind. I'm always evolving my way of thinking and my philosophies and my experiences and my lessons I'm always evolving my surroundings and my atmosphere and my circle always changes because I, I want to learn as much about others in the essence that it's going to teach me a lot about myself. And I'm always testing myself. I put myself through scenarios that most people wouldn't do. For example, uh, I think I said this in, in another podcast, but in all of my 20s, all I did was go from job to job to job to job. I'd spend about six to eight months or a year at a job and then I would move on to another one and it was for the sole purpose of figuring out what I would love to do as a career and what I would never do as a career and I I tried so many things it's unbelievable at least 15 different jobs and I get most people will take a poopy on me talking about how that's bad for your resume and it makes you unreliable and I disagree because when I have an interview and I talk to somebody about that and they listen to my philosophy and my reason why, a person will hire me but a dead-end job will not. You're absolutely right and I'm okay with that and so I'd rather be hired by a person who wants to hear who I am and not what I'm going to look like on the payroll and so I also gave myself a lot of time alone, and I have told my brother this time and time and time again. I tell my friends anytime they ask for advice, when I, need, when I meet new people and they're just asking questions about me, I make it a point to talk about how I am very okay with spending time by myself to where I think about everything that I've been through, and I, I walk myself through scenarios that never happened through those situations, but what if they did? How would I think about it if I were to go through that situation now? And it's just, it's just anything. I just pick anything out of the ether of what I've been through, just at random. I don't have to be going through anything at the moment. I'm just, I need to figure out where my mind is and how my mindset has developed. And so I, I look back on things that I've experienced and I ask myself, you know, how would you handle that if you were to handle that now, if it were to happen to you right now? And then weeks, maybe even months from there, you know, I just remember what I tell myself. A lot of times I write it down or I'll put it in a video. Now I'm doing it in a podcast. Weeks or months from now, I'll ask myself that same question about that same scenario and see what has changed, if anything. And then I, I just evolve and I did that every single week, sometimes every day. There was a time I worked at a job where I, it was a three-hour walk to get the walk, and I would take that walk to work three hours and then home from work three hours. So six hours of walking every day, and I spent that time. I did that for a year just so I can figure out 
who I was because at that point in time, and that's also another another episode when I had my identity crisis, I had to resort to something that extreme to to really figure it out because I didn't want to seek professional help because they were going to teach me strategies out of a textbook and they were never going to know who I am and what's in my heart and what's in my soul. They were just going to know about my thoughts and try to use a book strategy to make me feel better. And I that's not something I ever wanted to do. And I don't want to discredit you know, shrinks and therapists and things like that because I believe there are some that are out there that actually meet the person for who they are and then teach them through their own experiences and through their best educated guesses on, on what they've been through in their lives. And so I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody because... I believe seeking professional help is a good thing, but me knowing who I am knew that it had to be a me versus me thing, and I gave myself enough credit that I was strong enough to figure that out, and I eventually did. And so I was always evolving. I was always developing my mindset. I was always experiencing things and meeting new people as I got older and joining sports, wrestling in high school was probably the biggest self-discovery moment of my entire life. And I'll always love wrestling for that. Not not just the wrestling in high school, but watching wrestling on TV. I touched on it a couple times before. It was, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's fake wrestling. But it's, I could argue all day on why it's a beautiful program. Um, but I'm just not going to do that. Uh, that's another podcast. If we really want to get into that, maybe I'll jump on one of my friend's podcasts, Social Suplex. If they really want to get into some stuff, Donnie, where you at, boy? If you're into wrestling, by the way, I'll put his uh, podcast into the show notes, Social Suplex. If you know anything about wrestling, indie wrestling, and you're interested in it, you can listen to that podcast. It is quite entertaining. Uh, He's a really good friend of mine of 16-plus years. Love that guy. Uh, Donnie, for listening, love you, bro. All right, y'all. This is the end of the podcast. It has been an average time frame. Devin, thank you for the message. Thank you for listening. Thank you for chiming in. If you guys stuck with me this long, I know very few of you do, uh, but those of you that do, because I can see it in analytics, thank you very much for supporting me and giving me the time of day to listen, whether it is you're taking your dog for a walk, running on the treadmill, taking a dookie duke, whatever it is uh, where you're listening to me and how you're consuming me, I just want to tell you thank you very much. So if you're somebody who's been returning to the podcast Thank you for sticking around. Your support is incredibly appreciated. If this is your first time to the podcast, well, thank you for stopping by. And I hope that you like what you heard. Check out the previous episodes. There's about three of them. uh, And they have lots of good stuff in them. And I hope that they bring you value. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You're all incredibly amazing. If you want to send a voice message like my brother Devin did, download the Anchor app. If you're not listening to it on Anchor, It is a free app. I am not affiliated. I do not make a penny from doing this podcast. But if you go through Anchor, you can leave a voice message. And if you want me to play it on the podcast like I did in this one, I would be more than happy to do so. And I appreciate you giving me the time of day to begin with. And as I said before, if you want to message me on Instagram, you are more than welcome to. Or on Facebook, I will put the links in the show notes. I really appreciate you guys. If you're listening on Apple on Apple or Apple Podcasts, I think is what it, what it is. If you could leave me a rating and review, that would be phenomenal. If you do that, I'm able to reach more people. They can listen to this podcast. Um, if you would like to share the podcast, you are more than welcome to. And if you don't want to go to Apple to leave a review, I will even take a post on my 
Facebook page or Instagram page, send me a DM, leave a voice message, anything. I'd love to interact. I want to know if what I'm talking about means something to you and if it's helping you or somebody that you know. Please feel free to share. Thank you very, very much. Devin, once again, thank you for the topic. I've got some other topics in. Uh, one of my friends, Adrian, left me a good topic. I'm, I'm going to expand on it a little bit because it'll be a really short episode if I just focus on the one suggestion, but it was a very good one nonetheless. Anybody that's traveling around and wants to know what it's like living in different cities in terms of cost and experience, I have done that a couple times now, and I'd be happy to give my two cents if you would like to listen. Keep living. Keep loving. I'll see you guys next time.